When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As, as much as Borough have improved in recent weeks, there was obviously a need to get points on the board, which they did on Monday night against Hull. Phil and Vic are here to assess that game and to move forward and look at the various talking points. Vic, starting with yourself, you've touched on it this week and we, and we obviously uh, talked about it from heaven and earth last week. The game on Monday was just about getting the points on the board, wasn't it? Absolutely. Especially with the fact yeah. Hull are struggling as well. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a classic and, and we won't be spending much time on it in the highlights DVD in May, but that win has, has made that six six game run that we were all a little bit worried about suddenly look a lot more productive and, and brighter and if we flash back to the Watford game we came away from that and, and Borough looked toothless they looked a little bit sluggish and somehow they contrived to lose against what at the time was the worst team we'd seen at the Riverside and when we, people coming away from that thinking where's the next point coming from because we were going to Arsenal we got to Man City, we had Chelsea coming up. The next visitors at the Riverside were Bournemouth, who everyone was saying, no, they're a team that play fast football. We, you know, we, we never beat them. They're going to turn us over. And it looked like at that point, you could argue that the next, the next point was probably going to be Hull. In fact, in that, that run of six games, Borough banked nine points and seemed to have found their feet, which is really important, I think. that they've, they've, They now look like a team that's got a... The shape that works for them and they believe in it and those performances at Arsenal and Man City and the narrow defeat against Chelsea I think have made a massive difference to the mindset not just of the players but of the fans as well because you know we, we now go to games expecting to get something and there's a double importance in beating Hull because you know, the two wins in that run uh, Bournemouth and Hull against teams in the that are going to be in the bottom half, but also it's made a massive difference to the home record. You know, going into that run, we had one point at home on the opening day. Mm. You know, you look back, you know, back in August, one point at home at the Riverside where and they've been winnable games, haven't they? <laughs> where at the we went into the season saying we're going to be good at home, going to be hard to beat at home. That's going to be the platform, and that looked like it was it disintegrated. So th- this last run, I think, has been really important because you know the two wins at home. As well as uh, the bonus points away from home, it looks healthy. It puts us in a good position now to go into what is, you know, a decisive December with with another six really really hard games taking us up to New Year. Phil, were you surprised at just how bad Hull were? A little bit, yeah. Um, I mean, looking at the bigger picture, I think there's a pattern emerging, isn't it, that Middlesbrough uh, appear to be very good against teams. That, that come at them, the quality teams that come at them. So you, you're looking at, in recent weeks, as Vic says, so you've got your your, um, your Chelsea match, your City match, your Arsenal match. Borough look as though they can cope in those games now. And, 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 and results are, of course, all important, so Hull was massive. I think if you've been, if you want to look for areas for improvement, it still looks like they find it hard to break down teams who are, who are in, in inverted commas, worse than Borough. Um, uh, the worry, not worry, but the slight concern was that I think uh, Curtis Davis said, didn't he? Although Borough were clearly on top for, for for the entire match, just about 
their keeper didn't have a huge amount to do. Now, you could put that down to the fact that Hull played with 10 men behind the ball, 11 men behind the ball, um, and had absolutely no ambition whatsoever. But there's also a slight concern. Once again, you're reliant on either a piece of magic or a set piece to open the team up. And, of course, it, it was, it was um, Gaston's goal from Fisher's corner that separated two two teams that on the on, in, in balance of play at least probably should have been home and dry by half time so I think if you've been sort of put your analytical head on I think there are there is room for improvement and I'm sure Aitor Karanka would consider that but in terms of the results from that, that, that bunch of fixtures it's been an absolutely fantastic run and I've gone from a position where after Watford thinking I'm genuinely not sure Borough can stay in this division because they can't create and they can't score mm. and also they were conceding sloppy goals to a position now where I think I fancy them going into games I don't see them dropping too many points even against decent teams I mean even Liverpool which is coming up uh, very fast you know Liverpool are a very very good team possibly outside a good outside bet for the title and yet you can see Borough frustrating them uh, no, but, you know we, we thought Arsenal we thought Man City we thought Chelsea was almost superhuman before we played them well it doesn't matter what Borough do they're going to break us down eventually whether it's 8 minutes or 80 minutes and that didn't really happen did it um, we, we discovered that if you frustrate those teams and keep them you know yes alright I take the point that City scored and Chelsea did score as well but but you Chelsea know, was, a, was a soft, you know, soft goal we, we, those, those teams started off like world beaters and as the game went on you could almost see them visibly yeah. diminishing in terms of confidence, in terms of cutting edge, in terms of belief. And that was down to Borough's preparation, planning, defending, commitment from front to back. Um, I it's, take a huge amount of heart from that. Yeah, and especially the, the, the defensive prowess that's starting to click back in the shape, because that's what got us out of the Championship. Yeah. And that was going to be the platform for this season. And at first we looked a bit rocky and we were letting some very poor goals in. A lot of individual errors the back four or five however you want to look at it didn't look right now it feels right and in that run of six games Borough have only conceded one goal from open play mm. the two at Leicester were penalties Chelsea scored from a, from a corner it was only Man City that scored it's from settled, a corner yeah, yeah, and, and just on that subject I think what, what the formation's given Borough is in the switch from 4-2-3-1 to 4-3-3 whatever you want to call it is that every player looks as though he's more or less playing in his correct position mm, now yeah. And that wasn't the case in four two three one. We've sat here so many times in it doing tripe suppers, and uh, you know I always made the point that I didn't think the three looked settled. The three that played in front behind the strike never seemed to be a cohesive unit. But I look at this, the four one four one or whatever you want to call it, and everyone seems to fit into it. They know the place. Clayton's perfect for that role in front of the back four. The two central midfielders, Forshaw's being outstanding. Darum could do with improving, but that is a role that should suit him. And then you've got your wide players. Now, personally, I'd have gone with Downing on the left and, and, and Ramirez on the right on Monday night, but I understand Karanka's um, argument, or, or even Triori on the right. But I understand the argument. And you suddenly look at the team, and it's an easy pick now to pick the team, isn't it? With 4 2 3 1, I always found it was quite difficult. You know, Clayton didn't suit that role of, of one of the two in front of the back four. He for sure did, but then, you know, would Ledbetter sit in there when he was asked to do more advanced stuff? Daroom looked as though he wasn't quite settled. So, so it's a lot of positives. On that subject, on their picking the team, it's 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 funny because you look at Hull and Hull's team picked itself on Monday, but for a completely different reason. It picked itself because other than maybe Tom Huddleston who was on the bench, you might feel that he deserves a place in the side. The the the, the quality on the bench was was an awful lot more than what than what Burris is in it, and it was touched upon afterwards that Adama Diamande played up front because he was the only striker Hull had. 
you know, what they'd give for Nugent or Rhodes or Stuani, and two of those weren't even on the bench. Now, if you go through Borough's team at the minute, there's a few players who were missing out. We did a Facebook Live earlier this week, and Vic, for example, said Daniel Ayala, the only way he sees him getting back in at the minute is an injury or suspension. Stuart Downing and Grant Ledbetter, if, if they're kind of on the outskirts at the minute, how do they how do they get back in? Because Ledbetter, you know, first couple of games, he's back, he's, he's, he's kind of fighting fit, and you accept that you're going to be on the bench. But it's been a few weeks now, hasn't it? And he's going yeah. to want to play a part. He, he should probably take heart from the fact that, uh, you know, they're now playing with three central midfielders. So that's three people who potentially could get suspended. Uh, and that means that his, his chance is much more likely to come than uh, Ayala's is, for instance. Uh, but it's I mean, the likes of Ledbetter and uh, Stuart Downing. Uh, you know, were at, at the start of the season, we would have had them as possibly uh, first names on the team sheet. You know, uh, uh, Grant Ledbetter is the the emotional engine of the team, and he's Aitor's uh, representative on earth. And we thought he was nailed on. Whereas Stewie Downing, you know, there was much said at the start of the season that he was the only player that really had top-flight experience. He had the nous, he had the game management skills, he had a wide range of passing, he was versatile, and it looked like he was nailed on. And now you, you look at it and you think, well, he may not get in the team short of an injury. In, interesting one on Martin Deroon, because I guess if you're looking at the midfield at the minute, Adam Forshaw is, is first choice now, isn't he? And, yeah. and I think Adam Clayton is getting better by the week, and he's in a role which suits him down to the ground. Now, Deroon, he seemed to split, he seemed to divide opinion after Monday night. There was those who, who said he put an awful lot of work in, he's doing his job, he's playing in that very advanced role. He, I think he covered 12.3k, whereas others, myself included, looked and think, are oh, you getting the best out of him in there? If Ledbetter does get back in, is, is that the position? Or, or is Darun doing exactly what Karanka would want from him? I'm not sure he would necessarily put Ledbetter in there. I think he's, Ledbetter is a perfect swap for Clayton if Clayton gets a knock or gets injured. Yeah. I'm not saying that Ledbetter couldn't play in there. Um, you know, he's a player who's played in a, you know, a midfield four often enough. He knows how to get forward and to get back. So there's absolutely no reason why he couldn't. But you'd, you'd think that Karanka would want to make Darun work, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. You know, they saw a lot in him in terms of his, his robustness, his ability, as you've just said, to cover a lot of ground, his ability to tackle. At the moment, he just looks like a player for me who's still learning his lines. He, you know, he, he looks like the new member of a band who doesn't know when to come in for the guitar solo and that kind of thing. You know, he's. There's clearly a player there, but it's probably taken him a bit longer than I expected just to get to grips with English football. I don't think we should underestimate, you know, how difficult a league the Premier League is yeah. to to, to adapt he's, to. He's come from Italy, which arguably is the slowest of yeah. the top leagues in Europe. To, yeah, to, to the fastest. Yeah, it's, it's you know it's so I, I think I I, I I wouldn't necessarily say he's done as well as he could have done. But I don't think it's a, it's a time to say, well, let's pull him out well, it's very and try somebody days. else. Because I don't think Burr have too many of their options. We know what Grant Ledbetter can do, and he'll, he'll give you 100%. But I think I think it's probably an experiment, if you want to call it an experiment, it's worth sticking with it. You know, going to Southampton, probably keep that shape, which works so well. Burr will spend more time out of possession again, like, the, like they have done against some of the better sides. And he just needs to, you know, we saw that, you know, we saw his contribution against Man City. All right, it was a goal. You know, and did that make up for, for for his overall performance? Well, obviously not. But the fact that he got that goal, had the wherewithal to be in the box at the right time, shows that you know he's he's got he's got that big game mentality. So hopefully it'll come. Well, the fact he was in the box at that time, you know, suggests that he's playing in a lot more advanced role than we expected playing, him to. He does seem to be playing far more advanced. He is the one that bursts forward mm. and pops up on the edge of the box. Uh, 
I'd be very reluctant to rush to any judgments because, you know, at the start of the season, we, you know, a lot of people wrote off particular players in the team. Oh, they're not going to step up to it. Uh, George wasn't good enough, for instance. Valdez wasn't good enough. He, he wasn't going to make the transition. And then, you know, over the course of three, four, five, six games, they've all got up to speed. And it is a big step up, in, not just in terms of the quality you're up against, but the speed and the intensity of every single game. And a few people uh, got to grips with it immediately. I mean, Ben Gibson, for instance, is, you know, took it completely in his stride. And others are taking a bit longer. And I think maybe you have to give a little bit of leeway to that. I think we can see that individuals maybe getting better by one or two percent every week and the unit is getting better better, better by one or two percent every week so it's been a slow progress but I, I think we can see that there, there has been an improvement Victor Fisher he's another one and, and it's different with the room because Fisher's in here and there in 20 minutes and, and he's in that position where when you come off the bench you're desperate to make an impact and it's not always not always easy to do that what, what have you made of what you've seen of the of, of Fisher so far? A bit like Darun I'm, I'm still open minded about him I, he hasn't had a great opportunity to, 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 to show what he can do as you say he's either been coming off the bench I thought he did a good job at West Ham um, I thought he did a reasonable job the other night. I still don't think he was the, the better option ahead of Downing. I think Downing's a better player. Uh, but as as Ito explained after the match, he wanted someone who could cut in off the left onto his right and someone on the right could cut, cut in onto his, onto his left. So And he, he likes Ramirez. He clearly likes Ramirez. He's going to stick with him. And, and to be fair, Ramirez scored the goal and was one of the better players on the night. So, uh, you know, who, who might second-guess the manager? I do think, though, that... Um, he's got a long it, again like like Darun, it's a big step up particularly from the Dutch league yeah. you know where you know we, we, we've now got a long list of players haven't we who've come over from Holland to the Premier League and not always got, got up to speed with it I think he looks as though he's got potential to do so I mean his delivery from, from corners you know we saw him set one up sorry um, create one at, um, at West Ham didn't he with it for Stuani's goal I think it was Giovanni, wasn't yeah. it? Scored, remind me. And then obviously for Gaston on Monday night. So that was a great delivery, you know, whipping the ball in at pace with the ball curling into the back post. Um, that that's something to work on, and maybe he could adapt that to, to to free kicks as well more effectively. So and he he has said himself that he has struggled with the pace, and he's doing a lot of yeah. lot of physical work to beef up. And to be sharper in the games because you know he's it's taken him by a bit bit of surprise and he realizes that he's got a lot of work to do to bridge that gap. I mean, I wonder if Downing's maybe has been punished a little bit, not not deliberately punished, but suffering because he did so much defensive work earlier in the season. For me, in the first seven or eight games when things weren't going so well, he was one of the picks of the season for me, just in terms of his game management, his match intelligence I think back particularly the West Brom match where it was clear Borough were getting gubbed in the first 15-20 minutes yeah. and he pretty much took the game by the scruff of his neck dropped back and started dictating play and, they, and, and West Brom withered as the game went on, I think he's suffering a little bit I think could, he, could he on that? Could he play in one of the more central roles? I Down think in. he could I, 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 well, I had him in my team selected didn't I, I yeah. think off the top of my head as in a more central role um, before the last match, thinking he, you didn't expect Hull to dominate midfield, so you thought you could probably get away with a more creative player in that role, possibly in the place. It, of it would make that mid, that central three, that yeah. triangle in central midfield, uh, a bit more creative as well. I mean, lots of, I mean, lots of and, yeah. and he can do the defensive side. We yeah. know that. I mean, at times last season he was playing as a wing back. I mean, lots yeah. of wingers do drop back eventually in the midfield. Gary Speed being one obvious example of a wide man who became more of a midfield spoiler. Sam Clucas who was playing for Hull yeah. on Monday night. I remember last year when, yeah. when they when they gubbed us three 0 and, and they looked 
you know, I thought they were title winners up there and then that day and he, he played at the wing and he was a pacey winger he looked like one of those who you know stuck to the byline and that was him whereas he's turned his game into like a holding midfielder Chris Brunt yeah. former Borough man does it for West Brom Morrison as well so there's examples out yeah. there isn't there and, there very few, and there's very few examples of out and out wingers now isn't there you know mm. we, we talk about Ramirez isn't an out and out winger but he can be effective playing in a wide role Downing isn't the sort of the, the winger he was when he was twenty twenty one because he's had to adapt his game. Ryan Giggs had to adapt his game. You know, once once that electric burst of pace that made him famous at the age of eighteen, nineteen started dwindling a little bit. He became a more canny operator and yet he was, you know, player of the year at one point, I think in his thirties, wasn't he? So it can be done and I think I think shouldn't underestimate match intelligence, you know, Downing's got it in, in spades and um you know, he'll be a useful asset, make no mistake. Will he be frustrated? I mean, obviously he'll be frustrated, he's not playing. But do you think he, he looks at this and thinks, give it two, three weeks and there's every chance I'll be back in there? Or does he look and think, well, the way things are going at the minute, this could be awfully difficult for me to get back in? I think most players go through stages in their season, in their careers, where that is almost the norm. Uh, Downing <coughs> had a very frustrating year at Liverpool where he was never the first choice and when he did get in the team, sometimes it was at left back. Yeah. And I think it's an occupational hazard. And I think when you're younger, if you've been in the team, maybe it, it hurts and it's got to dent your ego. But over the course of a career that he's, he's had, it must, it, you must have coping strategies to deal with that. Plus, if the team's going well, it's very hard to, to make a, a real complaint about it. Yeah, I think, I think it's one thing, isn't it, to lose your place to Gaston, who, to be fair, had, a, had an outstanding game at Arsenal and uh, scored an outstanding and, and, and had, had an outstanding scored an outstanding goal against Bournemouth and you kind of maybe reluctantly accept oh, all right Gaston gets in on the left and to be fair he scored a goal but when he, he, he I wouldn't imagine he'd be happy to lose out to Victor Fisher because yeah. at the end of the day you know whether I was trying something or not if you're a footballer you think you can do a better job yeah. I think we're all in agreement on the wings that Traore goes back in for Southampton it's a game that, that's fit for him moving inside and, and we'll, we'll wrap up pretty sharpish but Adam Forshaw obviously praised by Jamie Carragher on Monday and he, and he did there what he's been done for what he's done for a number of weeks now I think John O'Hope said that he, he reckons he's worth about 16 million now in a bit earlier this week not on values because it's hard it's hard to judge that these days but how good can he be? Well he's He's got to grips really quickly with the Premier League, which has been a surprise for us because he was on the fringes in the Championship. But we all, we all knew he had the talent. Uh, I don't think he's been in the slightest bit phased by any opposition that he's been up against. He seems to be relishing the challenge and rising to the challenge every week. Uh, and now he looks like the first name on the team sheet, mm. that's arguably. Uh, I don't see any reason why he can't go through the season getting better and better as he gets as he learns the, 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 the nuances of the Premier League as well I mean seriously you know, he, he could turn out to be an absolute bargain you know, we got him from, for £2 million in a fire sale at Wigan they'd been watching him since he was a kid at Everton and the timing was completely wrong for Borough in a lot of ways but you know, when he became available they bought him as a long term project and very often clubs who, who buy players as long term projects either withers or they get laughed at as a waste of money but he's proved an incredible investment he's doing nothing that he didn't do last year is he Phil when he got his chances there he's just getting I guess in in his mind he knows that he's not desperate to impress because the chances are he's going to be out the week after he'll know now that come the next week and the week after that he's going to be in the team yeah I mean 
he did get the occasional game, as we know, last season. I think it's very difficult to go in and make an impression. It was quite clear that Ledbetter and Clayton were the, the chosen two in front of the back four. And again, this comes down to the, the formation shift. Um, you know, it, it it suits him playing in front of a holding midfielder, doesn't it? Because he's more mobile than that. It looked at one stage like Ito was going to try and go for that model that we saw with Spurs, where they've got two holding players, but effectively they're another two attacking midfielders when you've got the ball. And that's why I think he favoured Forshaw over Clayton briefly. Um, Forshaw, <laughs> because what I like about Forshaw is you know whenever I've seen him, he looks to play on the front foot. I.e., he gets the ball. His head straight up to look to make a forward, a forward or an offensive pass, or to get get on the ball and burst forward for ten or fifteen yards, and and, and frankly, that's not something that naturally come, occurs to Clayton and Ledbetter. So he, he gives them a new di- an, an extra dynamic in that area, and I do think, I, I mean, he's, as you say, he's, he's the man to shift now, isn't he? He's, he but he's also got really good engines over over short yeah. distances. So when it comes to closing teams down. He's been an absolute master. Yeah, it'd be a nightmare to play against, yeah. wouldn't he? He's, he's very quick, he's quick. Over, he's, over ten yards. He's got a great engine, and, and he snaps around people like yeah. a terrier, and you know. And when he does get the ball, as Phil says, it's almost instinctively that he's looking for the forward pass, which is counterintuitive to the way the team play because the rest of the team, obviously, it's about recycling possession, and very often it's little triangles, sideways and backwards, but. He's playing for the playing, looking for the forward pass. I think. Well, I think that's. I think that's been critical because we saw, didn't we, against Spurs, against Palace, and particularly against Watford. We can't keep just recycling the ball thirty yards from your own goal because you just don't go anywhere. If you give the opposition time to settle, they're good at as we found with Borough. When Borough are out of, out of possession, it's very hard to break somebody down. So that, those critical, as as Dieter calls them, transitions between winning the ball and turning the defence into attack. Borough were just too laboured and too slow early in the season. With someone like Forshaw, gets the ball, bang, it's gone. It's, Leicester's the perfect yeah, example. He's yeah. looking for the next yeah, He's right. looking for Triari on the right. He's looking for Gaston. He's looking for Downing. He's looking, or he's looking to get on the ball and just cl- just make, in American football terms, thirty or forty yards in, in one move. And 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 that's that's crucial in the Premier League. You can't afford to be as laboured as Borough were on occasions earlier in the season. Before we wrap up, would anything other than a triore for Fisher change be, be a surprise on Sunday? Well, you can never second, second guess Ito, but I mean, I would have thought it was a, a game made for triore. It's a question of then who is on the other flank. Mm. It could be, I mean, it's more likely to be Gaston, you would have thought. Uh, but, you know, you can never rule out a, a tactical innovation. I don't see him, so don't see him dropping Ramirez, frankly. And I, I do think it would make sense to bring triore back. He's been. He's been pretty much the catalyst of Borough's improvement since the Watford match, hasn't he? Excellent. Well, thanks again, fellas. Much appreciated. Cheers.